Man, if you could turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 8 and verse 22. Luke chapter 8 and verse 22. While you're making your way there, I would just like to say that um, God is doing great things uh, in, in every department of this church and every aspect of what is happening. Can you say revival? Uh, we're not waiting on revival. Revival is already here. Revival is already here. This morning we had 23 in youth class and we have officially ran out of chairs. We have ran out of chairs in the youth class. And we've got to get some more. So God's doing great things. And, uh, and we want to pray for our assistant pastor, Brother Ryan. He's been traveling back. He was preaching in Tennessee. How many love your assistant pastor? And are praying for him. Amen. Luke chapter 8 and verse 22. If you have it, can you say, I got it? And it says this. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side. Can you say the other side? The other side, the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? Could you look to your neighbor and ask him that question? Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. They obey him. How many knows if Jesus speaks, it must obey? Whatever the situation is, if Jesus speaks to it, it has to obey. I want to preach to you tonight for a few minutes on this subject, the other side of the storm. The other side of the storm. Now, my voice is a little bit hoarse tonight. I'm kind of uh, weak in my voice, but I thought to myself, uh, down the road, just a few minutes, they're at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, and there's thousands of them screaming every bit left of their voice out. They've been there since Friday screaming their voice out. So I figured I'm just going to go ahead and come on to church and give the rest of my voice to Jesus. How many would rather give your voice to Jesus? Would you lift up your hands and pray with me right now? Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you would be with us in this service. God, I know that there are some people under the sound of my voice that are going through a storm. They're going through a trial. But God, I know that you've got another side to this story. Lord, I know that you are here. I know that miracles are in this house. I believe that we could see miracles, signs, and wonders. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. If you believe that God is able to do that, would you clap your hands to the Lord and just shout unto the Lord whatever you would like. You can say thank you, Jesus. You can shout hallelujah. But just give him a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. The old country doctor liked to take his dog along with him when visiting his patients. And the dog would remain outside while the doctor went in for the house call. 
And on one occasion, the physician went to the home of a man with a terminal disease who didn't seem to have much time to live. The man confessed to the doctors his fears about death, and he said, what is it like when you die? And the doctor thought for a moment, and then he got up and he opened the front door, and his local, his, his loyal canine friend who had been waiting patiently on the porch gleefully bounded in to join his master. The doctor turned to the dying man and said, do you see this dog? He didn't have any idea what was on this side of the door. All he knew was that his master was there and that he wanted to be with him. And the doctor looked at that dying man and said, I don't know everything that there is to know about death and I haven't seen the other side of eternity yet. All I know is that my master is there and his name is Jesus. I can't answer every question about what's on the other side of the door, but I can tell you that Jesus is there and that's good enough for me because I'm looking forward to being with my master. Is there anybody in the house that's excited about what's on the other side of eternity? I don't have all the answers for it yet, but I know one thing. My master lives there. And I feel tonight in the Holy Ghost that there are people under the sound of my voice who are in the middle of a storm. You feel like the disciples being tossed on the sea screaming, Master, we perish. We're going to die. But Jesus rose up from his sleep and spoke to the storm. And the Bible says he rebuked the wind and the raging waters And all it took was one word from the master to calm that storm. And I don't claim to understand the storm that you're facing right now. But if you'll hold on for just a little bit longer, God is about to speak. The master is about to speak. And it only takes one word from him. And the storm can be calmed. If you'll keep trusting in God... God is about to speak into your situation. Could you lift up your hands right now? And would you just pray that God would begin to speak? Because when in God, when he create when he speaks, he begins to create things. Maybe there isn't a way right now, but if God can speak, he'll make a way. I know my master is there, and that's enough for me. Now, in Scripture, you can find different types of storms. A matter of fact, there are many different accounts of different storms that took place in the Word of God. And when you, when you study and begin to narrow them down, you will find that there are three different types of storms that you can find in the Bible. Look with me. First of all, There are storms of correction. Can you say that with me? Storms of correction. Brothers and sisters, you cannot run from God. No matter how far you run, 
you cannot outrun Jesus Christ. Oh, I wish somebody would preach with me for just a second. Once you know him, it burns in your heart. There's no such thing as being filled with the Holy Ghost and forgetting about it. They can act like they're running from, they have not forgotten what it felt like. There is no such thing as forgetting what it feels like to go down in the waters of baptism. And when you came up, you were a new creature in Christ Jesus. There are people that are pretending like they're running. They're running in the opposite direction of where God wants them. But every night when they lay their head on the pillow, God says, I love you. God says, I still remember you. God's telling them that he still cares about them. There's no such thing as a backslider that God doesn't care about. You can't run from God. You can't forget God. You can try to run, but the human heart longs for God Almighty. Sometimes God will use a storm of correction to help us see that we are running in the wrong direction. We find this illustrated in the story of Jonah. And Jonah had clear instruction from God. Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach. Jonah 1 and 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah didn't feel that the wicked people of Nineveh deserved a second chance. So the Bible says he went to Joppa and headed to Tarshish. Try saying that three times in a row. And he literally was running in the opposite direction that God wanted him to go. Jonah 1 and 4, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. The Bible goes on to tell us that the men of that ship decided to cast Jonah overboard because they knew that he was running from God. And even the men on that ship knew, bro, you don't run from God. Jonah 1 and 17, now the Lord, can you say the Lord? had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now notice with me, it didn't say the devil sent a great fish. It said the Lord prepared a great fish. And here's where people get the story mixed up. Because you have to understand that the fish was not a tactic of the enemy to destroy Jonah. The fish was prepared by God to save Jonah. Sometimes we give Satan credit for something that he has nothing to do with. Sometimes God is just trying to save us. Sometimes God sent a wind to the sea because the fish looks bad. It looks scary. But believe it or not, that's the only way he could have survived. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise.
This was a setup by God to get Jonah back on track. And I've come to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter how far you've run from God. You cannot outrun his love. You cannot outrun his mercy. God has not forgotten about your lost loved ones, ma'am. God has not forgotten about your lost kids. There's no such thing as a backslider that God doesn't care about. And when you get on the other side, there's going to be a 2.0 version of you. On the other side of the storm, God is calling you. God is calling you to a 2.0. How many knows God can do it a lot better than we can? His plan B is a whole lot better than my plan A. Number two, can you say number two? There are storms of protection. Storms of protection. Sometimes God will use a storm to protect in the gospel account of Matthew chapter 14, we read of the infamous story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fishes. And directly after this miracle, you can see that Jesus urgently, can you say urgently? He commands them urgently. He tells his disciples, get into a ship, which you know. And he knew that this ship was going to lead them into a storm. How many knows God knows everything? God knows everything. He told them to get on this ship in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. Can you say the other side? While he sent the multitudes away. Now the Bible goes on to tell us the wind caused a terrible storm. And Jesus walked on the water. And Peter walked on the water to Jesus. And when they stepped back onto the ship, the Bible says that the storm ceased. In the gospel of John's account, we see a detail that is not mentioned in Matthew Regarding the feeding of the 5,000 because John tells us that Jesus perceived something after that great miracle. In John chapter 6 and verse 15, it says, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. This was why Jesus was so urgent in his request to get his disciples into the boat. Jesus knew that this crowd wanted to take him by force to make him a king. But you must understand that Jesus did not come to the world to sit on an earthly throne. He came to die on a rugged cross. Aren't you thankful for the cross tonight? And he was able to escape their attempts to make him an earthly king. Yet in the midst of this Jesus 
was still concerned about his disciples. And he told them, get into the ship and go to the other side. You see, the storm they found themselves in the midst of was a form of protection from what God knew was about to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, if God wants you in a ship in the middle of a storm, then the ship is the safest place to be. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus that leads me into eternity than on a throne with the world that only leads to the temporal. Listen here. I'd rather be in a paddle boat with Jesus than on a cruise ship with Satan. I'd rather be on a rowboat with Jesus in the middle of a storm than on a cruise boat with Satan. Because if that's where he wants me, that's the safest place for me to be. Could you just clap your hands as a testimony if God has ever brought you out of a storm? God brought you out of a storm. I look over here at our precious precious Bishop Cole and I remember just a little over a year ago he fell and broke his neck and we thought what's going to happen is he going to make it but God wasn't done with him there was another side on the storm there was another side to the story you can't die if God still got a plan for you I'll be fine as long as my master is there. Because God's got something waiting for me. Anytime you see Jesus getting into a boat with the disciples to go to the other side, the second they, and pastor can correct me if I'm wrong, but every time I see it, the second they step off the boat, there's four notable miracles every time in every account. There's something about a storm. There's something about trusting in God that when you get you finally make it to the other side and you step out on the shore there's a miracle that's waiting that I can't explain it it's just the way God does it there's always something waiting Oh, somebody, I'm telling you, you're in the middle of something right now. You're just one step away. You're just one step out. Take that step of faith. There's a miracle there. But it's on the other side. Number three, can you say number three? three. Is the storms of provision. Genesis 50 and 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it good unto me. To bring to pass... As it is this day to save much people alive. In other words, Satan can use something to kill you. And God will literally use it to save you. And it couldn't have been done without the storm. Sometimes the world 
is just a mean place. Can I get a witness on that? This world is just a mean place. Have you driven in Atlanta? If you've driven here more than a day, you know. It's a mean place. The devil hates the children of God. He loves to put us through the wind and the waves. He loves to walk up and say, your servant Job, he won't live for you when I do this to him. He won't live for you. But God will use the storm that was intended for evil against us and use it as a means of provision. Can you say provision for us? Paul was just a prisoner sailing on a ship to Italy. And the great storm came against that vessel. And the devil wanted to use the storm to kill Paul. But instead... God used Paul to save everyone on the ship. In Acts chapter 27 and verse 22, when the great ship came upon that vessel, when the great storm came upon that vessel, the Bible says in Acts 27 and 22, it's Paul speaking. He says, now I exhort to you to be of good cheer. How many knows that you can have the joy of the Lord right in the middle of your storm? I'm going to say that again. The storm never can take your joy. It can take things. It can take things from you. But one thing it cannot take is the joy of the Lord. Paul stood up on the ship that was rocking. And the first thing he said, be of good cheer. You don't have to wait till the storm is over to get your joy. Somebody say right now. You can have it right now. Acts 27 and 22. For there shall be no loss of any man's life. He stood up in the middle of that storm and said, not only be of good cheer, but I can promise you not one of you is going to die. How do you do that? How do you have the courage to say that? When God speaks to you, you can take it to the bank. I don't care how crazy it sounds. If God says not one will perish, then that's what's going to happen. He said, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Some, you may lose some stuff. But you're going to be just fine. You may lose your boat. But you'll be okay. Yeah, you may lose Starbucks, but you'll still get to eat a Taco Bell. Woo, glory. Acts 27 and 23. This is why Paul could say this. It says, for there stood by me this night the angel of God. Whose I am and whom I serve. And Acts 27 and 24 says, saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. 
And the Bible tells us that 276 people lived instead of died because Paul decided I may be in a storm but I am not going to die here Paul couldn't die there why because the angel gave him a promise you must be brought before Caesar you can't die yet Paul I've got something for you on the other side and the devil has been telling some of you I feel this in the Holy Ghost the devil has been telling some of you that you're going to die in the midst of the storm that you're going to die right in the middle of what you're in right now but the angel of God has come to you tonight to tell you you can't die here because I've got something for you to do Joseph sat in a prison. He was in a pit. Everybody had forgotten about him. He hadn't even done anything wrong. And Joseph, with the coat of many colors, sat in that pit. And he thought, have I come all this way just to die here? But you know why Joseph couldn't die in that pit? Because when he was a little boy, God had given him a dream that they were going to bow. God had given him a dream. And that dream hadn't come true yet. Some of you have been given dreams and promises by God. You can't die yet because it hasn't happened yet. You can't die here. For there stands an angel this night. Speaking to you the promises of God. Would you stand with me? And as you stand, would you lift up your hands as the musicians come? I feel like God wants to speak to a storm tonight. Come on, would you lift up your voice right now? When you're desperate, you don't care. When you need an answer, you don't care. You'll cry out, Master! The Holy Ghost is moving in this place tonight. From the second you walked in here, God has been wanting to move on your behalf. God's desire to move in your situation is stronger than your desire for the answered prayer. His desire is so strong tonight. He wants to speak into your storm. He wants to speak to that mountain and say, be gone. Luke 8 and 22 says, this is our text. Now, can you say now? It says, now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto him, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. Can you say the other side? Scripture tells us that a storm fell on them and they were all afraid for their lives. We're all going to die. Master, we perish. And the waves were rocking and the rain was falling and the wind was blowing. And they looked over. And Jesus was taking a nap. 
Jesus was taking a nap. So they woke him up. Master, we perish. Let me paraphrase. Don't you care about what's happening right now? What you doing? And Jesus arose calmly. And he spoke to the wind. And immediately they ceased. Listen to me tonight. The flesh of God was sleeping. But God's spirit never sleeps. He was in control the whole time. It's the nature of God's spirit. It's movement. Genesis 1 and 2. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved. It is the nature of the spirit of God. Jesus slept. But his spirit was moving and at work for them. And so it is for us here today. You feel as though God is sleeping in the middle of your storm. The devil has convinced some of you that God does not even care about what you're going through. The devil has been whispering to you over and over again, God doesn't even care about you. But his spirit is moving on your behalf. You can't see him working in the flesh right now. And it makes you fear as though it might be the end. But God is working for you in the spirit. Can you say the spirit? If God isn't losing sleep over the storm, then neither should you. God told them, let us go unto the other side. And that's exactly where he planned on going. And I feel the spirit tonight prompting us saying, let us go unto the other side. I've got plans for you over there. I've got miracles for you over there. I've got an answer for you right on the other side. for you right over there and he'll say let's go they couldn't have died in that storm because Jesus had already spoken and he had already told him we're going to the other side so here's what I want us to do tonight and I want us to, to move quickly as you step out into this altar tonight, I feel like Jesus wants to speak into your storm. There are some situations that you've been in, and as you step, as you step out into this altar tonight, I don't just want you to step out and go through the motions, but as you take that step, I want that to be symbolic of the shore. This is this God's already gonna bring me out. Come up with faith, believing God's already done it. Jesus told me my destination. Jesus told me that I could make it to the other side. Jesus already told me that. And as you make that step, would you declare, this is the shore. This is the shore. This is it for me. God is going to make a way tonight. It's going to break the yoke. Let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side.
troubles they don't 